Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I am what I forgot about. What? <laughs> Welcome to Culture Shift Escape Podcast. I'm Chris. And I am Seth. All right, let's get started. So today we're going to talk uh, quite a bit about some of the stuff that's been happening over the last few weeks. We have uh, taken a small hiatus with a couple of life changes uh, for us personally. And so we've kind of been backed up. There's a lot of stuff that might affect our culture or affect our um, day-to-day lives and politics. And so there's some things to talk about. Um, and I'm sure some things that you've seen on your Facebook feeds that annoy you or um, you're not sure what it means. So hopefully we can get through some of that. Um, so yeah, that's kind of our goal today. I think we should start off with some of the, like, the culture. Well, actually, let's go with the breaking news right now, just in case you guys didn't know or haven't heard or maybe don't even care. But we're going to tell you anyway. Um, well, uh, I don't know his first name, but uh, who just got Kavanaugh? Yeah. What's his first name? That's a great question. I'm yeah. actually trying to look it up. Oh, um, it's Brett Kavanaugh. Brett Kavanaugh was just uh, nominated to the Supreme Court to fill uh, Kennedy's spot. So congratulations to Kavanaugh. He wasn't my first choice. Of course, I don't know that much about it. But from what I've heard from Ben Shapiro, I uh, he wasn't my first pick. But I'm very happy that we got someone in there. So I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> from, I'm very excited. From, from what you heard from Ben Shapiro, he's not your first pick. Correct. Yeah, um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's how that works. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so um, that's that's important. I mean, um, you know, the Supreme Court isn't uh, an almighty source or an almighty power in, in America, but it does have a lot to do with um, the culture, actually, more so than politics in general. That's exactly right. I was just going to say, because a lot of people are saying that it's going to, it's, you know, it can change a generation. It can definitely change a generation. And the Supreme Court has done so in the past, even like the last couple of decades. Um, it has certainly changed uh, the the culture and um, the generations. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, do you want to go over like exactly your uh, very basic level of what uh, the Supreme Court does or what they're supposed to do? Uh, from what I understand of the Supreme Court, which I think I have a pretty firm grasp on, um, is just basically <clears throat> anytime something goes to the courts to be decided and ruled upon, um, it can be decided and ruled upon in the lower courts. And if people continue to, uh, there's a specific word I'm, I'm failing on, but they can continue to push up in the higher courts. Uh, of course, the Supreme Court reigning over all the other courts and is the rule of the, the land um, is trying to interpret the constitution to make sure that everyone's rights are intact. So really the, the, the responsibility of the court is to just interpret the laws that we have in the nation and apply them to the constitution and make sure that people's rights aren't being infringed upon. That is the role of the courts. And Chris, do you have anything more to say? About yeah, that? no, 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 that's right. Um, but I think you got it a little bit backwards. Um, it's interpret the constitution and apply it to the, um, to the case. Well, correct. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah. well, and I'm, I would assume that, like, I mean, when someone uh, finds a law to be unjust, the Supreme Court would say, "Oh, well, let's review this law and say, you know, is it is it in fact a constitutional? Is it is it constitutional to uh, to have this law? Does it infringe on people's rights? That kind of thing." Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. 
Um, so yeah, that's a you know a good overview of the Supreme Court. Um, I think that it's it's important to know that the Supreme Court doesn't actually legislate. They don't write laws. Um, all they do is interpret cases um, that can have a, a lasting impact. Um, they set the the most or the I guess I don't even know how the how to say this exactly, but um, they set precedent for every other case in the world. So. Uh, or in the world, in the uh, United States. And so um, when when they rule on a case, um, it, it sets precedent, meaning that it um, allows other cases to be decided the same way or in a similar way based off of the, the, the Supreme Court's ruling on any certain situation. So um, the big one right now that everyone is up in arms about that may be overturned over time with now having a more um, conservative Supreme Court is Roe v. Wade, which was the um, uh, abortions. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was Just... the abortions. <laughs> uh, no, it was they um, had dealt with abortions. Yeah, exactly. So it um, basically made abortions legal um, federally uh, instead of having it decided on the, on a state level, and so that's something that is is a big deal. Um, to point out that uh, having anything, well, in my opinion, having almost anything done on a federal level is is the wrong way of going about it. I think that each state should have a little more power over over its laws instead of having the federal government, um, you know, control everything. But you know, that's that's going to be a common theme for me. Yeah, and I just want to kind of go back a little bit and and touch on the fact that you said that the 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 court system isn't the legislative system where you know it's not the the job of the court to legislate. And I kind of want to touch on one case in particular was the Supreme Court ruling for gay marriage, um, where I don't feel I mean I feel like as if a lot of people viewed that ruling as an unjust ruling because I don't feel like it was up for the courts to decide whether the gay marriage was legal for the entire country. I think that they should have kicked that back to the legislator where they should have said that if, if you guys want it to be the rule law of the land, we need to legislate this and actually make it the law of the land. I don't know if it was the court's decision or rights right to say um, that it is the law of the land. Um, no, absolutely. Yeah. But that, that seems to be a common theme with, with the left um, political left when it comes to pushing legislation instead of actually pushing legislation properly and going through um, the legislative branch as they should um, writing a bill and um, getting it passed they use the supreme court to to push their own agendas which is not okay and that's not right the supreme court's supposed to be um, basically just as simple as they're interpreting the constitution and applying it um, and applying it per per case and that's all it should be it shouldn't be this uh this way for the for any side left or right to get what they want because they have a, a stacked supreme right. court and if anybody's ever like wondering why it is that they do that is it's because legislation is slow moving like to get a bill to make it a law it's 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 slow moving process it's very hard to get the votes uh to do it and if you have the votes it's still a slow process it's not like these things get banged out like within minutes or hours you know it takes months and months and months to make this stuff happen. And so sometimes they feel as if it's like more expedient just to go through the court system and have the Supreme Court rule on a case and make it the law of the land, which is certainly not what the court is there for. It's it's there to to uphold the Constitution and uh, making sure that the Constitution isn't or like no one's infringing on anyone's rights. So uh, just to just to clarify that, I guess. Yeah, exactly. And it's the same thing with um with any president and the um uh, Trump's no 
you know, exception is uh, executive orders. It's the same thing. It's like instead of going through the proper channels, they decide, okay, I'm going to, um, I'm going to write an executive order and that's now going to change um, whatever it is um, because I wanted it to change. Right. Exactly. Um, executive orders uh, from my understanding are supposed to be kind of a, a filler. Um, it's supposed to be, Hey, there's this law, but there's missing this little piece that is kind of becoming a problem. So or I'm going to write an executive order to fix that filler to, to make sure the law is complete. Right. Instead of saying, okay, I'm going to write a new law because me as president, I decided that that's how it's going to go. Which um, no is, is wrong. It's very, yeah, wrong. I mean, that's, Absolutely. that's dictatorship. Um, so I understand the idea of executive orders, but in, in the way they're used now and not just Trump or not just Obama, um, you know, all the way back um, many, many presidents ago, uh, executive orders have been abused. Correct. So, now, um, I will say you're absolutely right. Trump is no uh, no stranger to executive orders. Uh, Obama did write his fair share in quite a bit of them. And I will say that um, some of Trump's executive orders, not all, but some of them have been to reverse some of the ex executive orders that Obama put in. I mean, of course, it's like this weird little competition between the two of them. And Trump's trying to erase his legacy, which thankfully for me, I agree with. But um it's, you know, not all of Trump's executive orders are bad and not not all of Obama's executive orders was bad. Although I, when Obama was president, I didn't pay attention to politics as much as I should have, but I was also a lot younger. So um, I can't tell you specifics about what executive order trade signs that were good, but um, I know quite a few of them weren't. So, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so this is actually kind of fun to, to look at. Um, I'm looking at the executive orders per year list. Um and going back to George Washington, he had one per year. Um, and it didn't start getting crazy until um, looks like uh, really crazy was uh, Theodore Roosevelt, 144 per year on average. Um, but even before that, uh, Andrew Johnson was at 20.3 per year. Um, so those, those are kind of extremes. The most ever as president is uh, 307 per year. And that is uh, the famous yeah, Franklin D. Roosevelt. 307 <laughs> it's crazy um yeah but i mean if you're if you're looking at uh at recent presidents um john f kennedy was 75 jimmy carter was at 80 per year um gerald ford 69.1 um and i'm not just calling out uh lefties if you guys were wondering i'm actually um looking at specific uh the, the highest numbers and then um uh the last three actually let's go last four um Bill Clinton at 45.5 per year, George W. Bush 36.4 per year, Barack Obama 34.6 um, per year, and then uh, Donald Trump 53.2. So uh, Trump has definitely ramped it up. But like uh, Seth said, that could just be, um, first of all, Trump is Trump and thinks that his way needs to be the right way or thinks his way is the right way. And so he's going to kind of be a little more aggressive in that. But um, it's also his first year, so he hasn't had the whole term. Uh, four years or even eight years to allow that to kind of spread out a little bit. So at the end of his term, I think it's fair to, to look at and see, okay, he was a little overboard. Um, but right now I'd say he's on track to be overboard um, for sure. Yeah. And by no means do I know exactly what executive orders he signed or is signing. I'm just saying that I know some of them have been reversing. I'm not going to say it's the majority because again, I don't know. I don't want to like say anything out of turn because I'm, I, I know what I know and I don't know everything. <laughs> <laughs> no absolutely no and there's there's a ton that uh he has um has signed um you know even just i mean the first one that he signed was minimizing the econ economic burden of the um 
Patient Protection and Affordable Care Act, so um, which yeah. I think is important. So it, it, I guess it depends on where your politics lie and uh, what you think is important and not. But um, I think that's the point of not over, uh, not abusing the um, executive orders or the Supreme Court um, just because you personally feel that that's um, that is a, the right move or the um, the right law to be passed or to be pushed um, doesn't mean that they should do it the through the Supreme Court and or executive orders. Right. All right. Anything do you want to culture shift gears? Culture shift gears. I'm loving it. <laughs> ba -nap -ba 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 um, culture shift gears. <laughs> Is that the, that, that's uh, the music for transitioning? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Ba -nap -ba 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 I guess, yeah, we'll move into like from, you know, we talked a little bit about the, about the Supreme Court because that's breaking news right now. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I'd like I'd like to actually kind of talk a little bit about the culture and and how the culture's transitioning from basically, you know, in just the last couple of years. Now, I mean, I would say that you know it was two thousand eight when Obama got into uh, office, and you and I were just getting out of high school. Um, I was out in two thousand seven, and you came out in two thousand two was well, two thousand eight two thousand nine. Finished high school. I didn't. I didn't come out in two thousand. Yeah, you came <laughs> you out in two thousand seven. Oh, so. yeah. <laughs> I came out of yeah. high school real good. Um, but so. yeah, yeah. So you you graduated two thousand seven. I graduated two thousand eight. That's right. Yeah. So okay. So in uh, back then, of course, we were we talked politics and we talked you know everyday life, but we certainly didn't pay attention nearly as much as we do now. Of course, that's kind of the the circle of life in the you know teenage years to adulthood so um but i think we've both kind of taken root in politics and it's actually been quite fun for us to kind of see how things pan out because i mean it's as as difficult as politics are and as as straining as it can be and stressful as it can be it's actually kind of like fun to watch how things are playing out and and how we think it's better to fix things and even you and i disagree on certain things and you know of course when you and i disagree it's you know, civil and like, okay, yeah, I, I can see your point of view, but I might disagree a little bit. But when it comes to the other side of the aisle, where it's like, we heavily disagree. I, right now, the culture is pushing to this very violent, very, you know, aggressive attitudes. And it's it's actually kind of very interesting, which, of course, I know you can attest to, I've told you many times that, you know, I've maybe not as back to like, right when Barack Obama came into power or into his presidency, but I've been saying that, you know, violence is on the rise like there's some scary stuff coming down the line so um it's just interesting to see it all play out and kind of watch it happen and un unravel um but yeah what are your thoughts on the culture currently um well the culture currently is me trying to snapchat um of us podcasting and uh, <laughs> but i'm um, i'm having a problem because uh i'm trying not to show that i'm in a closet and so it's a uh, it's a little troublesome um but no i i i agree with you um, on a lot of stuff culture wise, and I'm even having, you know, my own internal struggles on, on how do I want to be a part of, of nowadays culture, or do I want to be different and better and, um, more virtuous than what is, you know, what the, the new normal is. Um, you know, obviously being a libertarian, I don't care what other people do, but that doesn't mean that I shouldn't care what I do. Right. right. Um, and with, you know, shifting from, uh, George W. Bush, um, to Barack Obama, um, it was a huge culture shift and it was, it, it really changed from, I mean, at least again, from, from where 
I stood um, back then to where I am now. I've changed, but at the same time, the culture has changed even more drastically than I could have ever imagined. Um, you know, like I said, I'm all for freedoms, um, but there's certain things that are now, uh, you know, I don't even like using the term politically correct because then I sound like a Trump supporter, but there's certain things that, you know, you could say back, you know, even just five years ago, five, six, seven, eight years ago, you were, it was able to, you were able to say certain things and now you can get in trouble for, you know, tweaking the, the pronouns of somebody or saying something incorrect to somebody, calling them a he when they're actually a she, um, it's really hard. It's, it's very, very tough to stay on top of the current um, climate and to, to not offend somebody when you're trying to, you know, honestly be a nice person, but then you get berated because, you know, whatever different reason you, you, you accidentally you know, mentioned someone's gender is off or you said something like, you know, what, I don't know. I don't want to be offensive over here, but you know, you say like, Hey, that, you know, he looks like a, cool person and you're like oh well that's a girl it's like well, well I, I didn't know right. i didn't mean to you know it's it's just it's very hard to to not say anything so offensive i kind of want to touch on that a little bit because i think it's important that you said just a couple of years back that you could have you could have said something and it wouldn't be taken as offensive um, um even like lighthearted and joking and i think what a really a, a really easy way to see that is um is through the lens of hollywood and what I mean by that is, is if you go back and you look at these TV shows, like if you go back and look at Seinfeld and Friends, like there's things on the shows where it's like, whoa, like you can't do that nowadays. Like there's no way that you'd be able to get away with that nowadays, not only on TV, but in your personal life as well. Um, and then even closer to modern times now is if you go back and look at Friends or The Office, like there's things in that that you – there's no way that they'd put that on TV now because it's it's just – it's too politically correct. It's like – or it's it's not politically correct. So – I mean, there's specific episodes, there's, you know, there's a lot of things that happen in those shows where it's like, wow, they really like, they touched a line now, or they, they touched a line back there that they didn't know they were touching. And like you, I think you can, if you go back and you remember those TV shows through the 90s and through the early 2000s into now, you can really start to see how, and of course, because I believe that Hollywood does kind of push the culture in specific directions, you can watch how Hollywood altered their their programming to push a specific political agenda. Now, of course, we all know Hollywood is very democratic and very liberal, but it's it's interesting to see how it's pushed the culture and how we've all kind of blindly, almost mindlessly, just kind of like, oh, okay, that's the that's the new standard, and then okay, this is the new standard. Okay, this is the new standard. But I think it's it's it was just interesting that you touched on that because it's 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 very when I watch those shows, it's very apparent to me that like wow that was a line that you can't cross now. Oh yeah, no. And this is actually, a, it brings me to a great point that um, about our culture and about how, how it shifted, um, you know, scrolling through Facebook, I, I saw this was a couple weeks ago, but um, one of my friends who's a great person, wonderful person, um, Kylie Baker, if you ever listen to this, um, this is for you. I love you and your family. Your guys are awesome. But um, this, this specific family um, and I could be misrepresenting them to some degree, but this, um, specific family, they had um, two of their children uh, went to college and two of their children did not go to college. Um, their two college children um, decided to become liberals, um, which, you know, to each their own. And the other two, um, one became a, um, I think he's a youth pastor. Um, and the other, I don't know exactly what she ended up doing. Um, but anyway, so the two that went to college obviously became liberals, which is a whole topic yes. for another uh, podcast. But she posted something. Um, 
being as left as she is, um, which is pretty far left. She lives in San Diego now. So, um, you know, lefty central, um, <laughs> not left-handed people, Seth. I know, I know that's, um, <laughs> that's no, um, belongs. exactly. Um, no, um, it was a 21 reasons why friends was problematic. Um, and it's the whole thing is a ridiculous article, obviously from Buzzfeed. Um, it's um, a ridiculous article about certain things of how, um, uh, friends was wrong for, you know, um, the objectification, objectification of women by male characters. Um, the fact that the objectification often, um, bordered on harassment. Um, th these are actual, you know, lines from this, uh, from this article, um, you know, there's uh, which is talking about Ross's absurd jealousy and possessiveness over Rachel when she work was working for Mark. Um, there's obviously they take it to an extreme because it's a it's a show, but that's a real thing that happens. People get jealous. People get um, overprotective of their their loved ones, especially when um, feeling threatened. It has nothing to do with you know a, a male masculinity problem. It has everything to do with real relationships. Um, and so you look at stuff like this and you're like how can anybody write a show nowadays and put it on mainstream television knowing that they're going to be berated for every little thing that they possibly do? Um, you know, they can't be, uh, you can't show a, a real or even a, a slightly real version of a, of a guy um, or even a slightly real version of a girl because they're all, you know, sexist or homophobic or whatever it is. Um, they're going to be, you know, pointed out for that and, and berated and probably um, protested and um, you know everything for for the actors and the and the show and so it, um, I think that's one of the reasons why there's such a big shift towards real television um, and what I mean by that is um, shows that like aren't outlandish characters um, like make believe characters they're like you know when they they try to portray something that's real there's like these people have a problem with like real men and like people who are masculine who want to take care of their family or like like you can see an example of like last man standing like they got last man standing off the air because it showed an example of a man who was you know in a house full of women and you know he wanted to be a man he wanted to do you know he wanted to talk about tools you know he loved america you know they have this they have a problem with the idea of people being real because it doesn't fit into their cookie cutter or their their world where you know, people can choose their own gender at will at any given time. It's like they don't believe in reality. And so they think that everyone else who is a real person is like some sort of weird monstrosity. I, I, I... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, monstrosity. Big word there, Seth. That's scary. I'll define that <laughs> at the very beginning of this podcast. <laughs> um, so, but no, I, and I think that's honestly why one of the biggest reasons for such great television nowadays is because you can't write any, you know, you know, one-off comedies um, that are actually decent because comedy is dead um, in terms of actual, you know, just, you know, like you said, Michael Scott wouldn't be allowed nowadays for the way that he acted. And so um, unless that actor, actress was a, uh, actor was a woman or a transgender or something like that, then, you know, you can say whatever you want. But right. um, if, you know, if you were at, that's why there's so many good television shows that are on Netflix, HBO, stuff like that, because they are held to a different standard. Um, and it's funny though, that if you think about the, um, and this is, I'm now switching topics a little bit, but if you think about conservatives versus liberals, um, in a way they've actually switched, they, they flip flopped a little bit culturally, um, when it comes to 
um, you know, conservatives used to be, and, and I'm sure they still are when it comes to sex and violence and stuff like that on TV, but they used to be more of the ones that say, okay, TV should be a, a family thing and you should only have family friendly stuff on TV. Um, I don't want to see, um, boobs prime time. I don't want to see, I don't want to hear cussing. I don't want to, you know, that's, you know, the whole FCC stuff. Um, but now it's, it's almost shifted. Liberals are still, you know, okay with, you know, or, you know, not all liberals, but, you know, um, are still okay with the boobs and stuff like that, but they're not okay with certain things being said or certain themes within television shows, even if it's a dramatic, um, uh, a, a dramatization of, whatever situation or whatever person that is a, a real experience they don't like that and right. they don't want that um they they want it to, they want it silence they're like hey, right and so like the that. similarities that you're drawing or the flopping that you're you're trying to draw to is the fact that you know conservatives at one point were like wanting to censor certain ideas off of television and now the left is wanting to certain to to, to censor certain things off of television where you know it was like a you know we're trying to censor like things that we don't like because it you know it it fills people's heads with the wrong idea or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there is something else I was wanted to say during that, but I don't think I can remember it right now. I don't, oh I don't yeah, no problem. Well, somewhere. we can shift off of that one. We can culture shift. <laughs> the Maxine water stuff. And, um, what, what you personally feel is, um, acceptable and respectable um with you know if you see a politician that you don't like um what what is okay what's not okay um and you can explain the situation a little bit seth if you want to uh yeah well a couple of weeks ago uh, maxine waters was having a like little rally and she said that you know if you see any politicians that are in trump's cabinet or anybody who is associated with trump that it's okay to um gather a crowd um, even if they're at the gas station, they're at the grocery store, they're, you know, by their car, wherever you see them in public, it's okay to gather a crowd and like yell at them and protest them, you know, and it's like, it, she alluded to not not necessarily to violence, but to be like an unruly crowd, like to be disruptive. Um, I think that may have even been the word that she used. And what it, I think what it's doing is it's just kind of turning this already heated political divide in our country and it's making it, it with when you certainly have politicians uh, and prevalent ones too, like people who are like are big names in the political spectrum. Uh, they they're advocating for you to go find these people in public and kick them out of restaurants or kick them out of uh, grocery stores. I mean, it just happened to Steve Bannon. It happened to um, uh, Sarah Sanders. Uh, and it's just it's it's pushing this political divide uh, even farther sexist, to the, the point way, of violence and uh, se sexism check um why? you said sarah sanders she is sarah huckabee sanders she kept her um her maiden name yep um, but just Father's because name. she's a woman you assume that she yeah. took her husband's name gosh i can't believe i can't believe <laughs> no, she should i cannot believe you <laughs> um no no that's great now to play devil's advocate don't you think this is trump's fault <laughs> <laughs> uh no no, absolutely. no no seriously no in, in a way do you think that um that trump opened the door um with his rhetoric do you think that he actually um caused the left to to be this way to to be a little more uh, brash and aggressive okay um so reactionarily yeah so no in my i mean in my personal belief no i i i, I and i definitely i can see I can see a point of view in which you can get to that conclusion. I can see an argument where you'd 
you'd kind of get that conclusion because Trump has said a lot of stupid things. Agreed. And I don't deny that. I think he's he he puts he opens his mouth way too much. He can't shut up. But I don't Wrong. I don't think it is <laughs> Trump's fault. And 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 my point being is this is that he if if it was him, I think that you'd see a lot more violence from his supporters against other people as well. So he has said things that you could kind of take out of context or maybe take even in context and say, okay, well, he was advocating violence or he was advocating you protesting these people with, you know, all sorts of different ways that you can protest and in, in, in turning violent even. But you don't really see that coming from the right. I'm not going to say you don't see it at all, but you certainly don't see it as much as you do from the left. Like I can't even tell you the last time a politician was a, a, a left wing or a democratic politician was shouted out of a, a grocery store or shouted out of a restaurant where it happened to Tommy Lauren. It happened to, um, uh, so a couple other people, I can't remember their names right now, where they were like forced to leave out of a restaurant. And you're not seeing that from Trump right. supporters. And you're, and if you do see it, you're not seeing it nearly as much. So I, if, if, if Trump was to blame, I think that you'd see his base kind of taking his lead and saying, you know what, you're right, we should start doing that. And I don't see that from I don't see that from conservatives. I don't see that from his base. And so, well, but I guess it doesn't necessarily mean need to be it's his fault and it's his base's fault. What I mean is that could the reaction just be um, a natural reaction to um, to Trump, or do you think that it could be? Uh, I think them going too far. I think what you're seeing is you're seeing a reaction from weak-minded people. I think that you're seeing a reaction from people who cannot calculate. Um, on, from a reasonable point of view, they think very emotionally, they get very angry, and they act out like little children throwing a temper tantrum. They cannot gather their facilities enough to say, here's what I think. I'm going to articulate this in a very proper and, and meaningful way so that we can fight against these people. And And I think the entire Democratic platform right now is completely way too emotional. They don't know how to... They can't there you go. Sex, with that sex, that sexist stuff again. You can't say emotional, Seth. That implies that you're saying that they're all women. You need to learn these things. Yep. Um, emotional is the new word for bitch. <laughs> you know, that's what they say. I believe it. <laughs> no, um, no, but I, I, I agree with you. I think the, I think for the most part, the, the reaction is because they, they paint Trump, um, so poorly. You know, he, he's not perfect. He's not even, uh, you know, uh. I can't. You can't even call him a, a good president or a great president yet until he's, you know, fulfilled his term and seen what he's do, he's doing and what he does. Um, but when they overreact, they being the media and they being anybody that reads anything about him, um, they overreact so much to everything he does. It then justifies this behavior. So you say, um, "Hey, I'm 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 this this politician." is literally snatching up kids at the border is literally going up and grabbing them and putting them in, in cages in tiny little baby cages. Um, that makes me mad. That makes me angry. I'm going to tell this politician that they are wrong for doing that, that they are, they are personally stealing kids away from uh, parents. And when you think about it that way, the reaction is, is not necessarily wrong um, to be upset and angry. But when you actually look at more of the facts and, and some of the things that, um, that, are, are surrounding in some of the, the existential um, circumstances, you can understand why um, this, in particular, this, this border incident is actually happening. Um, and then if you were to think rationally about it, you're not going to have this reaction um, yeah. that the left is having right now. But when you think, when you, when you see extreme, you think extreme instead of seeing rationally. And, and I'm, I'm, rationally. I'm agree. And I completely agree. And I'm glad that you brought up the border issue because <clears throat> there have been some things 
I work with people and who talk to me quite a bit about politics because they know that I'm, I, I like to talk about it and I like to get my voice out there. And I just like to, I like to discuss things. It's fun. It's like, and I, I certainly like to discuss things with people who don't agree with me because I like to hear their point of view. And what I've come to find out is that the people who are speaking and who, who are actually like all up in arms about the, is specifically the border issue who are up in arms about the border issue, don't know all of the facts that are surrounding it. They know only what they're hearing from media or from secondhand sources or like BuzzFeed articles or Vice articles where you're getting half truths or maybe not even full truths where they're just outright, outright lies. And I just kind of want to kind of go over the couple things for you. I just, there's a couple things with the administration and how this whole border thing is a lose, lose, lose almost for the administration. So basically, Trump is following the law. As we all know, or hopefully you know, the the border issue right now is not a matter of policy from the administration. The administration did not form a policy that says, hey, I want to separate parents from kids. It is an actual law that they're abiding by, set by the, what, the Ninth Court, the Ninth Court Circuit of Appeals. Is that correct? Um, yes, that's right. Um, and so, I don't remember exactly if it's Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. Actually, that's what it is. Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, not Ninth yeah. Court Circuit of Appeals, but it, right. either way. But yes, that's right. So it's an actual law that is set and that the administration has to follow. And okay, and then and here's the little caveat to that is that that law was in place during the Obama administration that was set in 2016. So the Obama administration was sued by illegal families um, saying that it's unconstitutional to separate children or I'm sorry, to detain children with their parents because the children didn't actually break the law. They were just following the directions of their parents. So the court system said it by law, you have to separate the children from the parents because it's Ill, it's unconstitutional to detain those kids. So the Obama administration then started separating families. Well, then when Trump got into office, he started doing the same thing because he's following the rule of law. And well, well, and just to just so we're, we're completely honest, um, um, Trump did start um, he didn't start this whole controversy, but what he did was um, he is ratcheting down on illegal immigration like he yeah, promised. Uh, um, and yeah. And so his his zero tolerance po policy led to this becoming a correct. bigger deal um, and not necessarily his fault. But he's he's saying, OK, what are the laws? What what are the laws that we currently have that we can use to ratchet down on Ill illegal immigration? Um no, and sorry, okay. continue. I just so, wanted to, to mention that. I want I want to point out where where Trump's wrong too, or at least where Trump um, actually plays into it, and what what could no, be and, done and on his. Please part. do. That's great. I, I just. I mean, I don't. Th I, I mean, the fact that he has a zero tolerance policy, I don't think is a is a bad thing because I mean, I agree with a lot of his immigration policies because I think it's a bigger issue than people make it out to be. But okay, so the Trump administration is following a, a a law. And here's where I don't understand is like, so they want Trump to then keep the children with the parents. Well, Trump can't break the law. Like the president is still bound by the laws of the country. So they're asking him to break the law. And, and in my point of view, it's like, okay, so what other laws are, is he allowed to break as president? You know, can he, what can he break? What other law can he just decree, de, uh, decree that the um, marijuana is now legal? Can he, you know, can he go out and shoot somebody? What laws can the president break if he, if he break if he can break this law? So it's like a lose lose. It's like he can't win on this issue. Well, Seth, um, we, we all know that every president gets to kill one person. Uh, right. You know, that, that's that's truth. I learned that in uh, House of Cards. JFK killed himself. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's true. He was the other one on the grassy knoll. <laughs> 
Um, so it's just conspiracy. I'm sure it's out there somewhere. Oh, maybe. <laughs> um, so he can't. I just don't see how he can win on this issue. He just. I mean, obviously, he hasn't been winning on this issue, and that's why it's such a big deal. But it's like it, it's infuriating because when I discuss it with people, they don't know anything about the fact that Obama was even doing it. They have no idea that it's a law and they're asking the president to break the law. They don't know this information. They just think that Trump hates Mexicans and that he's going to start separating kids because it's it's um, it's his policy and he hates Mexicans. I just I don't get it. Like they don't know the facts and they are unwilling to learn the facts. Yeah, no, definitely. And I, and I don't think it's that they're even un- there's some pretty educated people that I've, I've followed or have paid attention to to see what their thoughts are um, on the topic. And I don't think that they're not looking at the, the facts sometimes. I think that they're seeing a different um, point of view. They're alternative facts. Um, they're 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 seeing a different point of view. They they um, they and as most people are nowadays, they want to um, find a way that that this is Trump's fault, and they want to figure out um, a way to get up in arms about something that Trump is doing. So what they're going to do is they're going to say, "Well, what's happening? Well, what's happening is a percentage of um, and not even a huge percentage, but a, a, there is a, a small percentage of of people that are." Um, a very small percentage, sorry, um, of people that are are kids that are either being abused or um, are being mistreated um, in these facilities by dirtbag ICE agents, and they say, okay, well, if we take these specific incidences um, and we say this is what's happening at the border, then we're implying that this this is happening um, or inferring that this is happening on the border for everybody, and so then you get these people, and and the reaction is. Um, is sound to say, okay, why is this happening at our borders? We need to stop this. We need to stop this. But they don't understand that this is 0.1% of all the people that are, um, or all the kids that are being detained. Most of them are, are being detained. They're, they're giving, uh, given housing. Um, whether that housing is, is perfect is something that could be done because there are things that could be done to make the situation better. Um, but they're giving, they're given housing. They're giving, uh, they're given, um, education. They're given free meals. They're given a, a place to stay that's safe for them while their parents are being, um, while their parents are being detained for crossing illegally, um, and also they're um, they're being held so that they don't have to spend time with their parents in prison, um, or or in you know in ha- you know quote unquote prison. Right. And so you know there's so many people that just that think that this is something that um, either the ICE agents are doing maliciously or Trump's doing maliciously, but really it's it's um, the better of two situations, one situation being they're detained with their parents. The second situation being that they're um, that they're pulled away from their parents and have to spend time in a, in a facility by themselves, which is scary for the kids, of course, and tra- uh, traumatic. But it doesn't mean that that's not the, the better right. of the two. Situations. And just one quick thing, just point zero one percent, I don't believe is a real statistic for people out there. It's just it's just. You know, it's oh, yeah. Like, sorry. Just, sorry. It's yeah, like yeah. it's just kind of to demonstrate that it's such a small percentage. Uh, I don't know if there is an actual percentage of <laughs> out there, but I just, you know, to be honest and intellectually honest with people. Um, so, I mean, I guess uh, to kind of further this point along is that, you know, this isn't um, a Trump kind of issue. I think this should be a legislative issue. I think that, that Congress needs to get their act together and actually uh, write a law or uh, figure this situation out. Um, and I, I know for a fact that there was at least one bill on the table presented by Republicans to fix the issue and the Democrats didn't vote on it because the Democrats are controlling this story and they played politics with it and they it's a winning issue for them and a losing issue for the administration and they didn't vote on it and wouldn't pass it through Congress. So again, 
something that probably not everyone knows. And they just they ignore the fact that these people are are saying, oh, we care about Mexican families. Oh, we care. We care. We care. But in fact, they don't. They they denied help at the border because they just want to keep winning on the issue. Right, right, exactly. It's and it's it's crazy. So, something that a lot of people also don't know is that um, the citizens coming over here, um, they they if they go to um, uh, uh, the actual border where um, I can't think of the term right now, um, but they if they go through properly and say I am here to seek asylum, uh, meaning that they're seeking asylum from um, gang members or from the cartel um, from from a dangerous situation, they can come to America seeking asylum and they can do that and they can apply for asylum um, at the border without being detained and um, and without being ripped away from their kids. Um, the problem is what they do is they they start crossing illegally, you know, over parts of the border that they're not allowed to cross. They get caught and then they say, hey, I'm here to seek asylum. Um, and when when America um, sets up these rules and people break them, um, you know, intentionally it's really really hard to have sympathy for these parents these parents are the ones that are they're putting these kids in, in at risk um not necessarily the ice agents obviously if the ice agents are doing something malicious that's a problem but if they're if they're not and they're just doing their job um then it's not the ice agents fault it's not trump's fault it's these parents fault for for coming over here illegally when they have a path not only to citizenship if they want to take that path which takes a long time or at least asylum to get them away from a dangerous situation um and i so i think that's important to know that um, when looking at who to blame in a, in a bad situation, um, sometimes you have to look um, either internally, um, if you're Democrats that don't want to do anything about this, um, or externally at some of the um, existential situation or um, circumstances. Yeah, so uh, I think it's important to remember or that um, I think those the term you were looking for was checkpoints. Um, I think they just go to a checkpoint to say that they're asylum seeking. And then I just to kind of like tap on another point was um, people who are asylum seekers have to go to one of these checkpoints and kind of tell them why they're seeking asylum. If you come to the border and cross the border illegally, it's almost like you're foregoing that right. Like you at that point don't necessarily get the right to seek asylum because you're already breaking the law. So you have to go through the right steps to get into a country, at least a sovereign country, because it's a, it's a, their rules of law, like they have to abide by our rule of law to come to this country. And if there are their first step into the country is to break the law, why would we trust them to follow all the other laws that we have? Like they're already not abiding by the laws that we have. You know, they're already they're kind of like starting their steps off the, on the wrong foot. They're they're not doing it by the by the book like they should be. Um, and so I just wanted to kind of like tap in and like make sure people knew that, you know, asylum seekers kind of like already kind of forego their rights when they're breaking the law right off the bat. So when they say, oh, hey, I'm asylum seeker, a lot of people will say that they're uh, they've been coached to say that. So like these sometimes these coyotes, as they call them, like the, the, the drug cartels, the people who are smuggling people across the border, they tell them like, hey, if we're caught and we go to jail, make sure you tell them that you're seeking asylum because of, you know, persecution or whatever it is. And they'll actually coach these people and tell them what to say in these circumstances. I mean, it's not it's not hard to find the information on, on like what, who we give asylum seeking people into the country. It's like it's, it's easy to find that information. So if you tell people, hey, this is what you say and they'll, they'll let you in the country. It's not that hard to coach people. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's important um, to 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 note the the alternatives for what what's happening now. Because um, if you just say that every person with a child coming over um, can you know 
could go free, which is one of the the propositions from the from the left. Um, so anybody coming over, they have a child, they go free. You're going to have drug drug dealers taking children over just so they can go free. And they're already doing it. They right. already do that. Right, uh, exactly. That which, was actually – sorry, go for it. No, I was just going to say, which kind of leads us into the next point with this whole immigration thing is um, the reason why the Trump administration right now is giving DNA testing to children and their parents right now at the border isn't because he's some sort of sick weirdo. It's because – uh, they want to make sure that the child is actually going into the arms of a parent and not to the arms of a child smuggler, because these people who are being taken over or the children who are being taken over the child smugglers aren't going back to their parents. They're going back to the factories. They're going back to work the streets. They're being sold as prostitutes like they're 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 not living good lives. They're not coming here for the American dream. They're coming here and being basically slaves. And and of course, I can't say that that's all of them, but I know a good portion of them are, are going through that. And that's a terrible circumstance. And the left just wants to like let them come over and be sold into slavery and be sold as prostitutes. And it's just like it's sick that they're like turning a blind eye to this kind of stuff. Yeah, definitely. It, well, it's, it's turning a blind eye to reality. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what's going to happen? Yeah. And what's going to happen when you um, when you try to be civil um, which is, I mean, I, I agree. I mean, if, if a parent's coming over here and, you know, it, it sounds like the right thing to do. If your parent's coming over here that's seeking asylum, that's sad and crying and they have nowhere else to go and they come into our country, of course we'd want to take them. But we also have to protect against people coming over here um, that uh, don't have good intentions and aren't um, struggling. They actually just want to bring over um, guns or drugs or whatever it is. It's um, it's tough. And so you have to kind of legislate to to combat both sides of it. You have to be somewhat understanding of, of uh, immigrants, but at the same time, you have to be protective of our Absolutely. And, and of course, I would say that you have, to, uh, you have to respect the rule of law. So when you're coming to a country, you have to understand that you're going to a country that has its own set of laws. When people get immigration uh, passports or even just like a passport to go to another country, I believe the United States tells you like, hey, you're subject to the laws of the country you're going to. So if you break the law there and go to prison, that's on you. Like you have to follow the laws of the land of whatever land you're going Yeah, to. definitely. And, and and I would actually go a step further, and this is um, somewhat of uh, more of my conservative side than my libertarian side, but I think that people not only should follow the law, but they should also um, adapt to the culture. Oh, and I know 100%. you agree with me. It's, um, you can't have yeah. immigration without integration. You have to yeah. integrate no, that's, into that's, the that's culture. Great. You have to be a part of the society. You have to come here and want to be here because you believe in the ideals of America. Yeah, and that's that's what makes America great. Yeah, absolutely, and that's not you know, a nationalistic it, standpoint. I mean, I I know that people sometimes get patriotism and nationalism like confused, but that's just being, that's upholding the ideas of the nation, one of the richest and uh, freest nations in the world, that has uprooted more people out of poverty globally than any other country in its in the history of mankind. I mean, I just don't understand how people can say that this country is distraught and like overloaded with racism and blah, 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 all this crap. Anyway, but that's that's a topic for another day. <laughs> yeah, let's uh, before we go on to another um, you know, half hour rant. Um, yeah, I think right. that that's a great part um, place to end it. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I think that, um, you know, just for a little bit of uh, you know housekeeping on on this podcast, anybody listening, thank you for getting you know sticking through the whole thing. Um, we're going to go with this um, this format a little bit more, a little looser, a little more fun, uh, and we'll try to educate it. But at the same time, we're just going to talk about politics. If you want to listen, politics and culture, if you want to listen, um, we'll try to um, bring in how um, politics affects us and affects our culture. Um, 
and we'll also try to bring in um, some some current events because I think it's important to stay up on on what's going on and get uh, get both of our sides. We'll also both play a little bit of devil's advocate, play a little bit of uh, speaking from the left and the right. Um, but as you both, uh, as you might know, I was gonna say as you both know, um, knowing the, um, two of the people that actually <laughs> listen to people have listened to the show. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> so as both of our listeners know, um, we lean more right, but that doesn't mean that we want to um, uh, to be blindsided or blind to any other opinion. So. Um, well, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, what, anything else, Seth? No, I, I, again, like Chris said, we appreciate uh, people listening. We appreciate doing this and we're going to continue doing this probably if people listen or not, because it's just, it's a lot of fun. Get to talk to my buddy and, you know, hopefully get to talk to all of you guys too. So, yeah, exactly. And we're going to, we're going to talk politics, um, on the phone once a week. So might as well uh, have all you listen to it. Right. Um, Exactly. (laughs) We'll just, you know, stop when we start talking sexually to each other. Well, we'll see. Yeah, <laughs> and later podcasts. We'll have a all, all, all new one. Um, yeah, all culture right. shift escape. Um, culture shift escape. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, talk to you guys later. Thanks. Thanks, buddy. Thank you. Yep. Bye. Yep. Bye.